Hey, 20-something, come on in, take a seat. Let me guess, you're here because you're trying to catch a vision for your future and make progress towards your goals and getting where you want to be one year from now. You also might have some questions about relationships, both personal and professional, and how to stay healthy mentally and spiritually in your 20s. Good news, you're in the right place. Welcome to Office Hours with Jen. I'm your host, mentor, and older, wiser sister you've never had or didn't know you needed, Jen Prentice. Each week on Office Hours with Jen, we'll cover a topic that will help you navigate careers, relationships, and spiritual, mental, and emotional health in your 20s. In every episode, I'll give you a gentle reminder or a mantra and at least one action item for the week, all in 20 minutes or less. Last month, we really set the stage for success in your 20s by helping you better understand who you are, where you want to be in one year, and what you need to do to get there. I call this my who, where, what method. The who or what method helps you set a trajectory for your life by answering the questions, who am I, where do I wanna be in one year, and what do I need to do to get there? If you haven't listened to those episodes, I highly suggest going back and doing so with pen and paper in hand, of course. Today, we're gonna continue talking about another important piece of personal and professional success in your 20s, initiating and developing relationships. Professional, platonic, romantic, whatever type of relationship you're trying to nurture, keep these three words in mind. Curiosity, conversation, and connection. Strong relationships are born out of curiosity, they are grown through conversation, and they're sustained by connection. That's the mantra for this three-week series on relationships. Strong relationships are born out of curiosity, grown through conversation, and sustained by connection. Last week, we talked about how curiosity in relationships means doing your research on the person that you're trying to build a relationship with. It means asking open-ended questions and reserving judgment. So go back and listen to last week's episode if you haven't already. This week, I want to talk about the art of conversation, why we've lost it, and how to get it back. You guys, I'm gonna be honest, there's one main reason that I think we've lost the art of conversation. It's called technology. I mean, I think the second reason we've lost the art of conversation is called the year 2020, but that's a topic for another podcast. The addictive nature of technology and thus the overuse of it has caused us to lose the art of conversation. I'm gonna make a case for why you need to put down your phone in just a minute, but before I do, let me say that I am not hating on technology. I met my husband through the magic of Facebook and email, and I obviously use social media for work-related purposes and even for entertainment. The thing about social media and, dare I say, dating apps, is that you have to know their proper place and really continually try to keep them in that place. And here's why. Technology is passive by nature. We are receiving information, arguably a lot of useless information, with little to no interaction in real time with the people and things that we are watching on social media. I mean, sure, there's comments and responses or even those DMs, but how thoughtful are those comments and how quickly are you or someone else replying? in those DMs. It is a scientific fact that your prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until 25. You might be asking, okay, what's the prefrontal cortex? What does it have to do with social media? Well, the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that helps you set and achieve goals. So it receives input from multiple regions of the brain and it processes information and adapts accordingly 
to that information. The prefrontal cortex contributes to a wide variety of functions, including focusing your attention, predicting the consequences of your actions, like anticipating the events around you, managing your emotional reactions, planning for the future, coordinating and adjusting complex behaviors, something like active listening that we're gonna talk about in a little bit, but let's think about this. If the prefrontal cortex is receiving information that is supposed to help you focus your attention, is supposed to plan for the future and think on your feet in complex situations, but you're spending hours of your time passively receiving useless information, is this helping you learn how to carry on a conversation, engage in active listening, and build relationships with other people, much less plan for and succeed in the future? I think not. Social media does have a purpose. I am not a technology hater, again, but I think we need to make it work for us, not against us. Okay, let's talk about dating apps really quickly. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I am so glad that I did not grow up and start dating in the age of Tinder and Hinge and Bumble and who knows what other apps are out there. I do know people who've met their significant others on a dating app, and like I said earlier, my husband and I largely connected through Facebook and email. So while I think that technology can be a tool that people use to initiate relationships, I do not think it should ever be the thing that is used for building and sustaining a relationship. To me, the main problem with dating apps is that they teach us that we don't really have to invest in relationships beyond a surface level because someone else is just a swipe away, right? But at the risk of getting too ranty about social media and dating apps, I'm simply going to reiterate what I've just said to really drive home this point. The passive nature of social media and dating apps trains us to be lazy and surface level in our communication. Both of those things have contributed to a collective inability to be curious about the people around us, and it's reduced conversation to 150 characters or a caption or sliding into someone's DMs with a how you doing on a Friday night. That was a poorly made reference to Joey from Friends. So how do we fix this? How do we use technology as a tool to initiate relationships while simultaneously learning how to have productive, deep, and fun conversations that build connection offline? I think the answer is in controlling, not stopping the scroll. Control the scroll. I am not naive enough to think that after listening to this podcast, you're all gonna put down your phones, stay off social media. I'm not even gonna do that. What I think is more realistic is controlling how much time you spend on social media and the ways that you use it. So only following people who bring you joy or help you truly learn something. And if you are on dating apps, taking the conversation off the app and into the real world as soon as you possibly can. Like as soon as you have met someone who you think you could really have a connection with, take that conversation offline and into the real world as soon as possible, as soon as it's comfortable. Again, I have never used dating apps, so I can't give too much advice on them, but I do think that they are training us that there might always be a better option out there, and we don't really have to actively engage in conversation because we can get to a message whenever we want to, and there might be a wide variety of messages that we're responding to at any given time. You guys, the, the perils of technology and how to control our usage of it, it's really a whole sermon and it is one that I will likely give at a later date. But let's circle back to the original intent of this podcast, which is to teach us how to have deeper 
more productive conversations. Okay, so how do we have deeper, more productive conversations? I've just built this case for why we've lost the art of conversation. Let's talk about how to find it again. Here is this week's action item. To have deeper, more productive conversations and thus build stronger relationships, we have to become people who are both interesting and interested. So the action item for this week is become an interesting and interested person. Being a person who is interested in other people means asking thoughtful, open-ended questions about their life and their work and their interests. And we covered some of that in last week's episode. But being a person who is interested in other people also means being present and practicing active listening. How do you do that? Well, for starters, when you are with someone on a date, in a meeting, at dinner with friends, stay off your phone. You know that person who is always on their phone when you are out. I have both been that girl and gotten irritated with that girl. It is very hard to connect with the person or the people that you are with when you are constantly connected to your devices. It's also very hard to practice active listening, which I have mentioned a couple times during this podcast, when you are on the phone while hanging out with someone. So what is active listening? It's engaging in conversation with your partner, with the person that you are hanging out with in a positive way. It's the process of listening attentively whenever someone else speaks. Sometimes you're paraphrasing what they've said and kind of reflecting it back to them. You're not judging people. You're not giving advice. You're just listening to what they say and responding to it in a non-judgmental sort of way. Active listening is probably an entire podcast episode in and of itself. So I will add some links to the show notes that give you some more information on how to sharpen your active listening skills. Okay, this is the last tip and actually another action item for the week. Like I said earlier, having deeper, more productive conversations doesn't just mean being interested. It also means being interesting. So having something to say about what's going on in your life, what's going on in the world, what's going on at your job, when the person you are spending time with asks you questions. Or sometimes, unfortunately, having something to say when the person you're hanging out with doesn't ask you questions and it feels like there's nothing to say. Having something to say does not mean talking about another person, okay? It means talking about a specific topic that the person you are with might find interesting or that you yourself are passionate about and find interesting. So here are my best tips for becoming and being an interesting person. One, get a hobby and really invest time in doing it. Bonus points if it's a hobby that you can do with other people or teach other people to do. Two, read more. Fiction, nonfiction, sci-fi, whatever you like, but read, and if you've read a good book, share it with the person you're talking to. Three, stay on top of the news. This does not mean reading the Wall Street Journal every morning. This is as simple as listening to something like NPR's Up First every morning. It's a 15-minute podcast, and if something in the podcast piques your interest, then do more research on that topic. If podcasts aren't your thing, you can sign up for a daily news digest like The Skim or The Flip Side. I would recommend finding some relatively unbiased sources of information that just give you a brief flyover of what is going on in the world that day or that week. And then, like I said, if something piques your interest, do a little bit more research 
on that topic because often current events can be a great conversation starter, sometimes a bit of a controversial conversation starter, but they might tell you a little bit more about the person that you are hanging out with. Okay, number four is pursue your career with passion. That is a great way to be a more interesting person. Notice that I didn't say become good at your job. You might not like your job, but you should have a plan for your career trajectory and you should be actively working towards achieving those goals, the goals that you have for the future. People with hobbies, people who read, people who are intentional about planning for the future and working towards their future goals are really more naturally interesting people. So be an interesting person and stay interested in other people. Man, you guys, I feel like these episodes really only skim the surface of what I want to share with you. That's why I started my weekly newsletter. It goes out every Friday. You can sign up at jenprentice.com or via my Instagram bios, the links in my Instagram bios. That's at Office Hours with Jen and at Jen Prentice. It's really my hope that our time together helps you feel a little bit more grounded as you go into your week, a little bit more confident in the decisions that you have to make, and a little bit more excited about your personal life and your career. New episodes of Office Hours with Jen drop every Monday. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying this podcast, if you want to rate or review it, that would be life to this little podcast and it would make me so happy. If you wanna connect and talk more about your journey of self-discovery and how to catch a vision for your future, Instagram is the best place to find me. That's at Office Hours with Jen or at Jen Prentice. My office doors are always open. Mm -hmm.